If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Prime Headlines is brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Live from our studios here at Koko Mneme Nakra, this is Joy News Prime with me, Carlos Caloni. Coming up, Ministry of Interior imposes curfew on Nkwanta South Municipality in the OT region as six people are confirmed dead in a fresh shooting incident. Minister for Information Kojopo Nkrumah rejects the minority tags of the 2024 budget as useless and empty. If anybody says that an economic program like this is useless or is empty, that cannot be and why does the National Democratic Congress NDC MP for Bulga Central believe he needs to apologize to Manchester United defender Harry Magai? You remember that last year, I was very quick to compare my big brother, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, to Harry Magai. Mr. Speaker, and now I apologize to Harry Magai. And the journey to the Jubilee House heats up as Baumia and Mahama go at each other at the campaign trail. What I did, did he bring as vice president? He did not bring even one idea to the table. It would take the next president to fix the country. He has lost hope himself. And later, has President Akufado entered a lame duck season? You have a lame duck president. A lame duck because you have elected a flag bearer. And loyalty and commitments are shifting. So your president is now lame duck president. At 8 p.m., we'll bring you prime business. Canada and China were the preferred destination for Ghana for imports in the first quarter of 2023. From a total import point of view, we identified our reliance on China to be predominant and not predominant only in a single commodity, but a variety um, of commodities. At 8.30, we'll bring you Prime Sports. Well, Ghana Black Stars loses to Comoros in the 2026 World Cup qualifiers 
uh, and jump to first Comoros picking the top spot and Ghana languishing on the fourth position with three points. You can watch join us on DSTV channel 421, GoTV 125. We are live on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on all socials. We are your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. Please stay with us. Join News Prime Headlines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, I can. We are grateful you could join us here on Join Us Prime. Let's begin from the OT region, where government has imposed a curfew on the Inquanta South Municipality in the OT region. This follows a fresh uh, shooting incident that has claimed six lives this morning. In a signed statement, Interior Minister Ambrose Derry announced a 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew from today. There is the footage you have from the OT region, and very soon we'll be bringing you that, uh, you know, statement from the ministry. But according to eyewitnesses, armed uh, assailant opened fire on residents at the Inquanta Central Market early this morning, and several properties have been destroyed, and residents have fled for safety, living behind a ghost town. Now, a police officer and five others are in critical condition after suffering bullet wounds in the shootout. Now, the victims are currently receiving treatment at Enquanta St. Joseph Catholic Hospital. Now, the region has witnessed tribal conflict involving the Adele, the Chala, and the Akiode ethnic groups over land litigation issues. However, in recent times, contention about a yam festival being organized by the Akiode people in Enquanta town has led to fresh uh, conflict. Now, according to the OT Regional Minister Joshua Makubu, the OT Regional Security Council has deployed personnel to investigate the trigger for the new attack. He added that the RECSEC has also consulted chiefs and other opinion leaders in the area to urge residents to put down their arms and restore peace. There you have the statement on your screen, and it reads, the Minister for the Interior has, on the advice of the OT Regional Security Council and the executive instrument, imposed curfew on Quanta Township in the OT region from 5 o'clock p.m. to 6 o'clock a.m., effective Tuesday, November 21, 2023. Now, government wishes to appeal to all to exercise restraint and to use the established mechanisms for the resolution of all their conflict and dispute. It goes on to say, meanwhile, government likes to reiterate that there is a ban on all persons in Inquanta Township and its environment from carrying arms, ammunition, or any offensive weapons, and any persons found with any arms or ammunition will be arrested and prosecuted. That's the statement from the Interior Ministry. Now, our correspondent, Obrimpo Ba Owusu, joins us via Zoom for details 
of this particular incident. Obrimpon, so uh, what is the latest from the township as we speak? So we, we are trying to get Obrimpon to uh, speak to us on this particular issue uh, where the Interior Ministry has issued a statement imposing curfew on Nkwanta South uh, Municipality following some clashes earlier this morning that led to the death of some six persons in that particular municipality. And according to the statement we just read to you, uh, based on advice from that uh, Security Council in the uh, municipality, the Interior Ministry has actually imposed a curfew from 5 p.m. to uh, 6 a.m. In, um, I mean, to prevent the situation from escalating to uh, uh, another level. So I think we have Obrimpon now. Um, Obrimpon, if you can hear me, uh, I was asking what is the latest situation in the Quanta um, Township as we speak. Kindly unmute your device so we can hear you. We'll bring him back when we have him on that particular story. But moving on, Minister for Information Kojopong Kroma has rejected the minority's portrayal of the 2024 budget as useless and empty. Minority leader Dr. Kesela Tufosin told Joy News that the budget presented last week offers no hope to the suffering Ghanaian public. Now, kickstarting the debate in Parliament, Kojopo Nkrumah argued that the 2024 budget will restore stability in the economy and bring down the high cost of living. Now, Parliamentary Affairs correspondent Kweku Asante has more in this report from the first day of the 2024 budget debate. The 2024 budget debate has now started in earnest with MPs from both sides going neck and neck with each other. In fact, today on the floor, MPs were literally at the throats of each other with Kojo Pongkrumah starting the debate and criticizing the minority for describing this budget as useless and empty. first objective of any sound economic policy or economic program at this time should be to bring back stability. Mr. Speaker, if you look at this program pages... 1 to 164, as I mentioned, where you find the full outline of the economic program, you'll find that the objective number one is stability. To bring the cost of living down to a level that our fellow compatriots in this country can accommodate. Inflation sitting somewhere around the 50s, brought down or being brought down this year currently to about 35, 32%. And the forecast is that in the 2024 financial year, to bring inflation further down to 15%. Mr. Speaker, if anybody says that an economic program like this is useless or is empty, that cannot be true. We also heard from acting ranking member on the Finance Committee, Isaac Adongo, who actually went back on last year's comparison between Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia and Harry Maguire of Manchester United. You may be wondering why the footballer is up on the floor of Parliament on this debate. Listen. Taking an additional amount of 279 billion from the poor people in Ghana. You still remember E-Levy. They said E-Levy was going to be the Akoban of the world. 
Now, where have you reached? Mr. Speaker, you remember that last year, I was very quick to compare my big brother, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, to Harry Maguire. Mr. Speaker, I now apologize to Harry Maguire. Mr. Honorable Mr. Chairman, sir, you got very angry when I used your defender as an example. Today, Maguire has turned the corner as a transformation footballer. Yeah. Yeah. Maguire, Maguire is now scoring goals for Manchester United. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, Harry Maguire is now a key player for Manchester United. Yeah. As for our Maguire, <laughs> he is now roaming at the IMF. <laughs> with, a, with a cup in hand. With a cup in hand. <laughs> As for our Maguire, the economic Maguire, now was able to get pensioners to leave their homes and come and parade in the streets. Deputy Finance Minister Binawase Asari has been assuring that government will not overspend in 2024 and derail the progress the economy has made so far. Mr. Speaker, when you come to our expenditure, in the past, like I said earlier, governments have used election year as auctioning periods, engaging all kinds of projects to win votes. But this government is committing itself to strong fiscal consolidation and efficient management of existing commitments in order not to derail the hard-won stability that we are witnessing. Mr. Speaker, as part of this commitment, Mr. Speaker, as part of this commitment, government is not initiating new commercial loan-funded projects. And so when you check Appendix 10C, where you usually have a commercial loan-funded project, the place that place is blank. This tells you government is really committed uh, to living within it means. But the minority are not enthused about that assurance and says it will be taken with a pinch of salt. John Jinapo is ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee. Firstly, let me just deal with a factual inaccuracy. Because in this chamber, I do know that with the speaker, you encourage a lot of intellectual debate based on facts. You can have your different opinion but you cannot have different sets of facts. Madam Deputy Speaker, Madam Deputy uh, Minister, you said that you have a track record in election year expenditure. For the record, in 2016, go and read the updated data. The deficit was about 6%. 2020, under your regime, election year, your deficit was a whopping 17%. It has never happened, Mr. Speaker. And in that year, no country had that deficit of 17%. The debate is now going to continue in the subsequent days until the 28th of November, when the minority leader and the majority leader will conclude the debate. And from now till then, we are going to expect more jibes and jabs at each other. If what happened today on the floor is anything to go by, the next few days will be about jabs and jibes as the minorities seek to make Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya the centerpiece of their debate on the floor, while the majority also clearly want to take on former President John Dramani Mahama. Because these are the two persons who will be going at each other in 2024 when the election is set to happen. Reporting for Joy News, Miku Asante. Parliament House, Accra. Still in Parliament, Speaker of Parliament Alban Bagbin says Majority Leader Oseche Mensah Bonso is now a limping leader and therefore expects the majority uh, to treat the NDC MP softly in order to elicit their support in prosecuting government business. 
Now, the speaker also described President Akufuado as a lame dad who is having loyalty shifting from him to Vice President Baumia, the new MPP flag bearer. Listen to him. I expect the majority who have a limping majority leader, limping because when you look at his back, you are less than those in front of you. You have a lame duck president, a lame duck because you have elected a flag bearer and loyalty and commitments are shifted. So your president is now lame duck president. You need this side of the house to support you to finish your eight years. And so if you don't behave well, we have a difficulty in proceeding as a nation. Please, I expect you to cooperate. I will not allow them to bully you. That one, you will get sufficient time to put across your case. President John Mahama says the clergy and civil society organizations should partly be blamed for the country's economic woes. He believes these groups have failed to criticize government for squandering loans contracted. He's been speaking at the Tichima Timber Market on a campaign tour of the Bono East region. Here's Yao Jima's report. According to the former president, loans contracted by the NPP government, which he pegs at $3 billion annually, were not invested in productive ventures. He says the watchdog roles of various actors were left to the NDC alone. <laughs> The clergy, civil society, and others in authority reneged on their watchdog rule. From 2018, all vigilant people noticed the economy continued to dip. The economic crisis was imminent. Only the NDC told the president that his brother, who serves as finance minister, has refused to use the $3 billion loans contracted every year judiciously. To the NDC, the ruling government has admitted its inability to put the country on the right track. The president himself, in response to questions on the economy, admitted it would take the next president to fix the country. He has lost hope himself. <laughs> the 
We know that the John Muhammad administration is the government to fix the challenge. Any President John Dramani Muhammad. The building Ghana Tour made a stop at Timan Magazine, where a town hall meeting was organized to seek the concerns of the public for the NDC manifesto for 2024. A national apprenticeship program campaign policy was preferred as a solution to challenges of apprenticeship raised in the meeting. Skills training is one of the means of reviving the economy. Even graduates will have to learn a skill. Even if you want to travel abroad, it is easier to get a job as a skilled person. No matter your qualification, you should learn a skill. Then we have a national apprenticeship program. Now we are saying at Benkrum in the Kentampo North constituency, a donation was made to victims of the recent floods in the area. The former president called on government to resource the National Disaster Management Organization for such purpose. <laughs> When we were in government, we released funds for the NADMO promptly. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. For disaster management, but this time when the floods happen, Nadmo told us they haven't received funding for the last two years. I will plead with government to fund Nadmo to support disaster victims. Similar town hall meetings were held at Kentampo South and in Kwanza North. The Bruno East edition of the Building Ghana Tour have been brought to an end. Opinions and challenges of various groupings invited to the town hall meetings will be packaged into a manifesto. It will be replicated in other parts of the country. For Joy News, Nanaya Ojima reporting. Now, Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia has criticized former President John Mahama for what he sees as empty promises to Ghanaians in the former president's quest to return to power. Dr. Baumia said Mr. Mahama lacks a thorough understanding of his own policies, particularly the 24-hour economy initiative. Samuel Mbura reports. 
The vice president was warmly welcomed by enthusiastic party supporters during his homecoming tour in his native region, Northeast. His visit included a courtesy call on the overlord of the Mamprugu Kingdom in Nalirgo, followed by a grand rally in Tamale, the northern regional capital. Notable party figures including the MPP national chairman, majority leader, and the entire northern MPP MPs caucus joined him. Dr. Baumia addressed the supporters, expressed surprise at the campaign messages of NDC flag John Mahama. He's going around the whole country and promising everything to everybody. It is as if he has never been president in this country before. Helena, it is as if he has never been president. It is as if he has just landed from Mars. He particularly criticized his understanding of the 24-hour economy policy. Because of digitalization, the banks, you can transfer money 24 hours. You can receive money 24 hours. Isn't it? So he doesn't understand his own policy. It does not make sense. And I want you to vote in 2024 for Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. I will bring a new vision. I will bring new policies. I will transform this country. Dolmahama is the past. While highlighting his own achievements as vice president, Dr. Baumia challenged Mahama to present a single idea from his tenure as vice president. What idea did he bring as vice president? He did not bring even one idea to the table. And I challenge anybody to tell us one idea that Dr. Mohammed brought. Dr. Baumia has brought idea after idea after idea after idea. Majority leader Oseche Mensabonsu asserted that Dr. Baumia is pivotal reshaping the economy, a reason all of them are supporting him. Minister for Lands and Natural Resources and MP for Damango, Samuel Abujanapo also emphasized that Dr. Baumia's selection to lead the MPP is based on his integrity, not because he is an ordinary. And we present him not because he's an ordinary, not because he's a Mamprugu, not because he's a great son of Nagrewa, not because of that, not just because of that, but because he has shown that he's a competent Nagrewa, he's a hardworking Nagrewa, and he has a vision to transform this country. The Vice President's homecoming tour will extend to Yendi, Bimbila, and Damango in the Savannah region later in the day. Samuel Mbura, Joy News, Tamale.
Former President John Mahama has promised to run a government with only 60 ministers if he wins the 2024 elections. He said a lean government will save resources which will be diverted to cater for the allowances of assembly members. 127 ministers were appointed to office in the present government first term. But the NDC flagra says he will reverse the trend by running a lean government. Assembly member BBSIA. Assemblyman, Assemblywoman, near me from. Almost from here, Nipa. Enti, a boy, share 2020, no. Yet that's what you know, so. Senyamiya, domna, yaba, bemwa. Assembly for, you bet your mobi, bika, crack, 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 bosumibia, yabema, mobi, bika, crack. Senebea, almost so. Ombeti, me, aye, juma. Senye, sefata, amaye. Assembly members will be given some allowances for their hard work so that they will be able to work diligently. Now, 6,000. Minister Bia, woman, a calm, you know, sir, land crusade back home. No man, a saluka back home. We are going to decrease the number of ministers to be able to pay these assembly members. No, it's an electricity bill, what's your water bill, what's your DSTV, woman, allowance, Bibia, anti at this minister for no so. You've been a sicker, assembly members and so. Now, ahead of the December 19 district-level elections, several developmental projects in some communities in the Ashanti region, especially road networks, have been intensified. Abandoned road construction projects at Bokanye and Sokoban, for instance, have seen some rehabilitation works spearheaded by aspiring and incumbent assembly members. However, some residents and motorists say the ongoing road projects are just meant to influence their voting pattern in the upcoming district-level elections. Nana Bwachi Yadom has the rest of the story. At Sokoban, a one-kilometer stretch of road which had turned a dead trap has been rehabilitated through the initiative of the local assembly member who is seeking re-election on December 19th. The road construction at Bokanche in the Akrimamwabija district has been abandoned for years. The road, which serves as alternative access to regions in the north, currently has contractors busy at work. Some residents are excited at the attention to the road construction, but others believe the intensified attention is to influence votes in the upcoming district level election. We have seen that contractors are on site. We know it's because of the upcoming district level election. We don't want them to start and end after the election. This is a major route which needs all the attention. We have always complained. They are now constructing the road due to the upcoming elections. The MP has failed us all. Now, the road construction at Bokanche in the Akrimamwabija district has been rehabilitated through the initiative of the local assembly member who is seeking re-election on December 19th. 
nti nyina wo mu ho na mu 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 ay na ekwan nyepeye because ye ye sofa wo kwan so pa nya semba Meanwhile, concerned motorists and residents have prevailed on the local assembly and government to ensure project completion. We thank the government for fast-tracking this road project. We have been suffering whilst using this road. They should make sure the project is completed on time. I know the district level elections and 2024 general elections has influenced the construction of this road. The government should help complete the project even after the district level election. We suffer as drivers whilst using this road, so government must intensify the construction. We have heard they only have a contractor on site to influence votes in the upcoming district elections. But the government should also see to it that the road is constructed. For Joe News, Nana bought it down quite yardum. Kumasi. Just to watch you join us, Prime. We'll take a short break. We'll return with more. Stay with us. It feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship, and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. The malaria will knock you down, eh? Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. You and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumefantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. 
We are the university with 26 years of excellence in education now in Ghana. We are both the university offering degree programs in health information management, software engineering, network security, and computer forensics. Admission is in progress with up to 50% scholarships for the first 150 students. Locate us at East Ligon near ANC Mall. Call 0302-523782 or WhatsApp 020-990-4714 for more details. Both the university, vibrance in... Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school Emergency. Mom, it's your money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, challenge and enjoyment. At the top life, we got it. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies in top life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow! Has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. Well, it falls down into spoilers. That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? When you're little, days are extremely busy. Work. Traffic jams, meetings, conference calls. Luckily, our mom is here to take good care of us with day-by-day baby and day-by-day kids and their naturally active ingredients. Our skin is hydrated, soothed, and protected all day long. Yes. We are back, bringing you the latest lineup from Betway. Betway starts strong with your front two, with free play Friday and swipe bet. In the middle, you've got all the control with cash out and build a bet. Plus, with win boost, you can boost your sports bet. At the back, they have smart picks and the partial daily jackpot. You always get way more with Betway. By the Gaming Commission of Ghana, bet responsibly, no underrating. Terms and conditions apply. Betway. Get- Welcome back and thank you so much for staying with us. Let's still head to the north as Dr. Bomia's homecoming tour enters day two 
Overlord of Dagbon, Yana Abukari Muhammad II, has admonished him to recognize John Mahama as a brother and not an enemy as the political campaign heats up. Now, he stressed that both of them are his sons, and whoever wins the elections bring the trophy home. Hence, should not be divided. Samuel Mbura has more in this report. Diana Abubakari Muhammad II said, This is a big opportunity for Northerners to demonstrate maturity, competence, and honesty to move the country forward, and therefore urged Dr. Baumia to run a clean campaign and not allow anyone to push him to engage in politics of name-calling and insults. He made these comments during a courtesy call on him by the MPP flag bearer during his homecoming tour of the northern regions. Your team worked tirelessly for you because of what they have seen in you. So don't disappoint them. Lead them and don't let them lead you, or else you have wasted all your efforts and sleepless nights. So strengthen your team with charisma and good nature. Let people come into contact with your good nature in their actions. Only this way can you truly lead and get the work done. So once again, please move heaven and earth and run a clean campaign that Daniels remember long after you have left the political scene. I wish you all to continue abundant blessings in all your endeavors, especially your political activities. I also wish you all for others traveling messages as you crisscross the country express your virtue to all and sundry. In response to the counsel by the Dagbon overlord, Dr. Baumia indicated with firm assurance that he has come to the political space with ideas and will contest John Mahama in that direction, but would not depart from his humble nature to engage in politics of vilification. <laughs> We are fortunate to have you as a father and grateful for this advice. I will not allow partisan politics to divide us because of our different interests. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. I will assure you that the 2024 election campaign will not be about attacks and insults. It will be about competence and who can lead this country better. Let's now take you to the court as an Accra High Court has refused to stay proceedings pending determination of a process filed by lawyers for MP for Asinov. James Jachi Kwesen at the Supreme Court. Now, the MP is seeking to prohibit the court from going ahead with this case citing issues of bias against him. The court, presided over by Mary Yanza, says it has no order from the Supreme Court asking it to stay proceedings and questioned why the MP was not present in court and also refused to join a virtual link provided by the court for him to participate in the proceedings. Legal Affairs correspondent Richard Kujunako was in court and has come through with the following report. 
counsel for Jamie Jachi Kwesen Chachichikata announced in court that his side had filed a process at the Apex Court to prohibit the court from going ahead with the case. He cited issues of bias and unfairness against the MP and indicated the judge had prejudged the matter on the legislator's health status. Presiding judge Mary Yanzu indicated to him that the court had received no orders from the Supreme Court asking them to stay proceedings. James Jachikwesen's purported health issue then took a center stage at the court with the judge asking why the MP was not in court and also refused to join a virtual link sent to him by the court. Mr. Chikata stated that his client was undergoing medical test in Canada, hence his inability to be present in court. Before Chachichikata disclosed this in court, both parties had met in the chambers of the judge and a letter was handed over to the judge with a plea by Chachichikata for the judge not to disclose the medical condition of Joe Jachikwesen because of how confidential medical conditions are. But the judge says the letter handed her does not disclose any health condition and has no attachment of a medical report. Deputy Attorney General Alfred Chiaebo affirmed what transpired in the judges' chambers, emphasizing that the counsel for the MP has failed to bring any medical expert to testify on the health condition of the MP. The court then directed Mr. Chachichikata to move his motion for the case to continue. It's now unclear whether the MP for Asin Nord, Joe Jachikwesen, will be present in court on the next agenda date or join a virtual link supplied by the court to participate on the proceedings virtually. The case has been adjourned to Wednesday. Reporting from the court complex, my name is Richard Kwejenyaku for Joy News. From the court, let's go to the road, where the Department of Urban Roads is debunking the widespread public assertion that their negligence is the cause of the prevalent dysfunctional traffic light across the country. Now the department rather blames rampant crashes into traffic infrastructure, theft and vandalism as the main causes of the confusion and accident occurring at traffic intersections. Now the latest data released by the department reveals 85 and 46 incidents of crashes and theft respectively have been recorded since January this year, destroying you know, rumors and traffic infrastructure. My colleague, Kwesia Daikwaten, sat through a road safety stakeholder meeting and has filed the following report. Malfunctioning traffic lights in the city have been on the radar of joy news for months. Faulty traffic lights have led to accidents and confusion at traffic intersections. Numerous reports by joy news have uncovered the stress and anxiety road users endure at dysfunctional traffic intersections. Joy News' Samuel Mbura in his main report touched on how chaotic the situation is at some traffic intersections. On my left here, you see that this intersection leads directly into the airport. Right behind me, just where this traffic light is, the dysfunctional traffic light is, two salon cars, one blue in color, another red, had a crash because there is no traffic um, controlling the flow here. You have this police officer directing from both sides. So um, at the time the police officer asked them to uh, stop, the one behind quickly, I mean, lost control and hit the Department of Urban Roads, the authority responsible for fixing this traffic management infrastructure, has come under heavy criticism. The public blames the menace on the negligence of the department. By speaking at a multi-stakeholder road safety forum, the department blamed faulty traffic light on rampant crashes, vandalism, and theft. Neville Dodukote is a principal electrical engineer at the department. In the data we have for this year, we have recorded vehicular crashes of 83 from January to now. 83 vehicular crashes 
Then another trend that is disturbing a lot is vandalism and theft. I should say most of the traffic lights that are not functioning in the central business district is as a result of vandalism and theft. It is, it is overwhelming the department, but we have engaged the national security, the police, even though we had formal engagement with them, we are now building a, a closer bond for them to help us out because it is going beyond the budget that the, um, the government releases for the maintenance of traffic lights. Another trend that we are seeing is excavation. You know, some of the utility companies, when they are giving permits because of um, sometimes lack of supervision, they'll be digging along and they'll just cut the cables and they will not reinstate them. So that's also a trend that is also worrying. Head of research and training at the Motor Transport and Traffic Division of the Ghana Police Service, DSP Alexander Obin, disclosed that the security agency is currently mapping out strategies clamp down these unscrupulous persons. With what has emerged, and I'm aware, same concerns from the road engineer has been forwarded to the police administration. And I know currently the road engineer engaging the police administration. Having said that, I'm also aware that the urban roads is bringing this to the attention of police at various divisions and districts, even in Accra, where this situation is pervasive. Acting that General of the National Road Safety Authority, Engineer David Osafa Dantine, emphasized on the need for a collective and shared effort to address the menace. Still on the highways, road traffic crashes in Kumasi Road from 1,255 to 1,555 between uh, 2021 and 2022, representing 24% increment. Now, findings from the Kumasi Road Safety Report shows pedestrians, motorcyclists, and cyclists accounting for 84% of the reported fatalities within the period. Now, studies of road injury risk factors on selected corridors found that 30% of drivers in Kumasi were speeding. There's a report by Clinton Ibua. The Kumasi Metropolitan Assembly has launched the third edition of the Kumasi Road Safety Report. Using 2022 police crash data, the report provides characteristics of victims of road traffic crashes, high-risk periods, and high-risk locations in Kumasi. The report is aimed at reducing road traffic deaths and injuries by implementing evidence-based interventions. The report revealed road traffic deaths dropped from 160 to 134, a 16% decrease. Similarly, deaths per 100,000 population also declined from 4.6 in 2021 to 3.4 in 2022. Males accounted for 78% of deaths and 67% of serious injuries in 2022. The highest proportion of deaths was recorded among those aged 20 to 29 years. Kinsley Reco is the Bloomberg Philanthropies Initiative for Global Road Safety Surveillance Coordinator in Kumasi. In 2022, we recorded police reported 134 fatalities. Out of them, pedestrians are the majority, and it's consistent from previous since 2017. Fatalities are recorded following crashes in 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And you could not say, for where pedestrian fatalities are occurring, you have Sufulan Station. 
a seeable traffic intersection. The car will reach Santasi station, and then uh, PV or being bypassed. There are many interventions or things we could extract from. The, for example, DUR can go and have a corridor inspection on the high risk location, and then if there are any engineering intervention that they could do, it can be done. Also, based on mass media, PPRTU can pick it and any of their. Dry, uh, maybe education for their drivers and even the public. Kumasi Metro Chief Executive Samuel Pine, in acknowledging the reduction of the fatality rate assured of stringent enforcement exercises, he disclosed plans to retool the police in the metropolis to curtail road crimes. When you look at the fatalities, um, mortality rates decreased between 2021 and 2022. But now we're also embarking on enforcement, which is the best that we can do. I'm looking at the speed limits within the cities and on the highways. Also, um, we got in some equipment for the Ghana Police Service, that's the MTTD, to work with. We're also looking at road markings, where there are intersections, where there should be zebra crossings and all that. Um, the use of the walkways that we're going to enforce and make sure that our city guards that we train. 30 of them to make sure they embark on, on that activity. Again, um, we, we, we engage with the Ghana Police Service and the Road Safety Authority um, to also work. The report was enacted in collaboration with the National Road Safety Authority, Bloomberg Philanthropies, initiative for global road safety, the Ghana Police Service, Vital Strategies, and John Hopkins International Injury Research Unit. Reporting for joining us, Clinton Yeboah. We'll take a short break. We'll return with Showbiz. Stay with us. Why stress? Drink Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. This advert is... In life, you sometimes seem to be cruising along. But just when you least expect it, things could go horribly wrong. Leave nothing to chance. Let Glyco Group help you achieve your goals with customized solutions for life and general insurance, healthcare, and finance. Glyco, we cushion you for life. And then up, pavement blocks, blocks and casankasa, and a dear DC game Pierano, Okoshahira, SCP, a bemobi. Some person will soon die, Napoto Bu concrete, 
Enyafuna kuto siminti ako pabu wako panunya. Ufre SCPA. Kadi konkreti ya mesende da with quality. Siminti wom. Onbabe guli kama amau. So whatema. Afienya. Dodo wa. Aflao. Bong. Eni impatemu wo nyinara. Ye office. I was Princess Road. Yani papaya restaurant. Ine di ufye dimu. Fre SCP wa 0501-672-608. Ana tofi namba 0800-626-26. Investment Limited. A time for showbiz, and JQ is here with us. What do we have? Ah, hi, Carlos. Mm. Um, well, do you know about the musical beef in the entertainment industry in Ghana? I do know because I know that uh, Shatawali and um, Stoneboy had some issues in the past. So, yeah. yeah, well, we've had a lot. Um, Sarkodie yeah. manifesting yeah. anymore. Well, uh, the Ghana music industry has experienced tremendous success uh, with various musical beefs, which has helped its growth in some way. Well, there is a current beef in Ghana ongoing between two budding artists, Kweku Smoke and a strong man. Now these artists have been at each other for the last five days. Beefing in the music industry is not new. Komodi versus BCB kick-started the trend in 1981. Fast forward, rappers all over picked up the trend. Well, in Ghana, the music industry has come a very long way. One thing that has kept the industry going is the high level of competition between artists. We've had several beefs in the country and the current is between Strongman and Kweku Smoke. These two artists have entered trends after Kweku Smoke took her shot a strong man in a track. Speaking to Andy Dusty on Hit FM rapper Kojo Q, Kweku Strong Man was aware of Kweku Smoke's this vest even before it came out. When Smoke sent me the vest, I told him that based on my relationship with Strong, Strong Man's team and the fact that Strong is on the project, I will have to let him hear it. So I played it for Strong and he was also like, oh, it's cool to let it run as long as he also gets the beat. So as the duo continues to banter with lyrics and war with words, the question resonates how healthy are beefs in the musical scene. For Joy News, I am Jacqueline Ansmayabwa. Well, you know, Carlos, the mm. beef is still ongoing. Yeah. We, yeah. We're just hoping to see when it will end. Yeah. And now we're moving on to another story. So social media is gushing with comments of disappointment regarding Chris Yatha's performance at the American Nigerian superstar, the Vidos Away Festival. Now, Chris Yatha received jabs of criticisms from social media users for failing to meet expectations of music enthusiasts and fans in Ghana. 
After his performance, Kusiatha stirred discussions on social media with fans saying they were disappointed with his performance. They argued that he sang in a tempo so low that by the time his performance was over, the crowd was almost dispersed. Despite diverse opinions, fans defended Kusiatha, suggesting that he may be grappling with unspoken psychological challenges or undisclosed battles. In response, Kusiatha expressed gratitude to Davido and his team for the unique opportunity. He directly addressed critics asserting that he would have proceeded with his performance even if there were only two patrons in the auditorium. The grown-up coroner, without mincing words, jabbed his critics to shove their opinions well. Fans say they hope he can do better in upcoming concerts and programs. Nicholas Ekoyama's report read to you. We are hoping that um, he comes back stronger. Yeah. That um, goes a long way to say that consistency mm-hmm. pays. Sure. Well, um, moving on to another story which I loved. Um, now, Nigerian music promoter and broadcaster Adisopi Olajide, um, popularly known as Shopsidu, is challenging Ghanaian musicians to prioritize promoting music in Nigeria if they want to gain proper recognition. Other musicians in this digital age, music promotion can be dicey, especially in drawing the attention of the global industry. Adeso P. Olajide, a music promoter in Nigeria, speaking on Hits FM, emphasizes the importance for Ghanaian artists to explore additional markets to enhance their visibility. Once you release your music in Accra, Ghana, and you promote in Ghana, you go to Kumasi, the next thing you're doing is taking a flight to Lagos and going to touch down there. That's is the only way this number of music can go. In a reaction, Bugo disagrees with that disappear. So 2023, nobody for can tell us this thing. Make we go to go work or do a leg back for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is digital. <laughs> if we no learn anything safe, we for understand say this show safe we they do. Eh? If we say we want to do this show, we don't even have to come here. All of us, oh, your channel go run. Man go wake up, we all wake up, get on a bed, and we're having this show. People still go listen to us. Monday. Thank you. If we don't know anything, self, Corona taught us that. So, 2020, no, we don't go go Lagos. We don't get time. We forgot if we get the money. We forgot TikTok office. Say, Kines, we are here. Well, music promotion in Ghana comes with its diversity. What do you think? Well, Carlos, I think we need to go to TikTok. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Yeah, of we course. don't need to go to Nigeria. Yeah. Now, um, before we end, get ready to witness the culinary skills like never before um, as 30 talented young chefs bring their A-game to the kitchen in the season three of Joy Prime's Big Chef. Well done, okay. But then, okay. what's here? It's three banku, right? Yes. Uh, but just one person. So probably your banku is, is 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 too much for one person. Yeah, I blended some basic ingredients such as the garlic, ginger, pepper. I added a little bit of inky tinky and a little bit of <laughs> and a little bit of fruit, okay. onion and pepper. I stirred it 
and then I added a little bit of spice. You know, I love and it. It means this tells me that cooking is your hobby. Okay, that is good. All right, keep it up. So, so you know what? What it goes with Gary? Are you aware? So where's the Gary? You forgot. You forgot your sword. You forgot your Gary. Okay, I'll punish you with the dancing. Hello, Well, that's all for um, showbiz. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, log on to myjoyonline.com for more stories. My name is Carlos Caloni. Uh, my colleague Pios is up next with Prime Business. Yes, students and well-wishers, join us for an unforgettable day as Presec marks its 85th anniversary with a grand speech and prize-giving day hosted by the Odadia 98-year group under the theme, building upon a legacy of excellence, developing holistic values-driven change agents. Chaired by Mr. James Boating, 2018 National Best Farmer and Odadia 78, the event starts at 10 a.m. on the 25th of November 2023 at the newly built ceremonial grounds. Speakers for the day will include Dr. Delali Fiagbe, head of Psychiatry at UGMS and Mr. Kwabna Asantipoku, County Director of British International Investment. Both proud of Dadia 98. Our guest of honor is Dr. Yao Oseyuduchu, Minister of Education, with Dr. Ofori Sapo and Right Reverend Professor Joseph Obri Yabuamante, gracing the event as special guests. Mark your calendars 25th November at the Presec Ceremonial Grounds. Oh, come longer join us as we celebrate 85 years of excellence. Brought to you by the Odadia 98, Illuminate Wolf with the Bemos Lumen. Customer, <laughs> One of our daily lucky winners. Dial star nine four six hash to play now. Or you can also play online at www.gameparkgames.com. Game Park is regulated by the National Lottery Authority. The business segment is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. For your QR code. It's time you switch to Bell Pack today.
Hello, good evening. Time now to check out what's trending in the world of business. With me, Pius Kojo Baka, senior lecturer at the University of Ghana, Dr. Prisla Chumisi Bafo, is pressing on government to ensure fiscal discipline in order to achieve the macroeconomic targets in the 2024 budget. According to her, the weakness in the economy is influenced by overspending in some sectors, which doesn't benefit the real sector. She spoke to journalists at the 2024 post-budget forum by KPMG and the UNDP. I think that um, from where we have come from, a single digit inflation, the economy has gone through tough times, reaching an all-time high of 54%. And so in that sense, the 15% is a, is a moderate, um, what do we call it, target, although I must say that it, it, it would, it's achievable, but it has to be achieved with a lot of um, discipline, um, particularly um, discipline on the fiscal side in the sense that um, the, the, the gains we are seeing as a result of some of the, um, the constraints that have been put in place. And given that 2024 is an election year, it is something that we are watching the space to see um, whether the is something that would be achieved. How would this target be achieved? I think that when you go into the determinants of inflation, food is one of the key determinants. And so, for instance, if the planting for food and jobs program, um, the phase two, is taking off with emphasis on placing um, um, value addition, um, then essentially I believe that it should not be an unattainable target. But looking at um, where we've come from, if we are not able to control and maintain the stability on the exchange rate front, we know that a lot of the um, inflation is as a result also of the volatilities in the currency. So all these are at play, but I think that overall, I would say that it's, um, it's okay. So with the 2024 post-budget forum, the United Nations Development Programme has lauded government's quest to concentrate on meeting some targets of the Sustainable Development Goals in the 2024 budget. According to the UN agency, issues of tax waivers on raw materials for locally produced sanitary parts and the allocation of funds for agriculture and job creation for the youth will help in meeting key targets of the SDGs. Here is Chief Economist for Ghana and Gambia, Dr. Fatal Mata Sise. The forum was aimed at bringing out some perspectives on key policies in the 2024 budget for the private sector. The government said that it is committed to supporting private sector growth with the introduction of some tax waivers and policies in the budget. Reacting to the developments, chief economist at the UNDP, Fatmata Sise, lauded the initiative and urged private sector businesses to take advantage and participate in some of the initiatives. But especially for their contribution to the SDGs. Already, financing has been established here in Ghana of what it takes to achieve the SDGs. And the information is Ghana needs 43 billion US dollars every year to be able to achieve the SDGs. That's a huge budget. So regardless of the initiatives, which are of course commendable that we see on the, I mean the budget for 2024, it means there's a big room for many other stakeholders to play a part in achieving the SDGs. There's the Youth Start program that government is working on. There's the work around MSMEs and um, actually moving people from the informal sector to the formal sector. There's a lot of poverty reduction initiatives that the government has. 
Meanwhile, senior partner at KPMG, Anthony Sapon, believes the budget will set a growth path for businesses if all the policies are implemented to the letter. The, most of the economic indicators really went on a flight, inflation, exchange rate. And these are not uh, signs that are good for business because businesses need stable macroeconomic environment so they can predict with some reasonable certainty. So this budget being anchored in the theme of uh, pursuing macroeconomic stability and growth, it's really fundamental for our journey into uh, stabilizing the economy. And you see that from middle of this year, the signals have started showing inflation uh, coming down September at 38% and of course 35 in October. The exchange rate relatively has stabilized and this is a signal that the budget should anchor these stabilities. And when the budget does that, then it allows businesses to be able to plan, it allows businesses to be able to forecast with reasonable certainty and plan their growth. The KPMG UNDP post-budget forum was under the theme pursuing growth within a stable macroeconomic environment. More on the economy and pressure is mounting on Ghana's creditors to expedite action to get an agreement with the country. This is expected to happen before the next International Monetary Fund Executive Board meeting to approve $600 million as second tranche of funds under its economic support program. Here's more. The 2024 budget was prepared on the back of the ongoing economic program with the International Monetary Fund. Speaking at the Budget Digest by auditing and accounting firm PwC, which is part of measures to ensure further and better understanding of the document, Director of Economic Strategy and Research at the Ministry of Finance, Dr. Alhassan Idrisu, disclosed that there is pressure on the country's creditors to complete the debt restructuring processes. We need to make some progress with regards to the official bilateral creditors, with regards to the MOU that we have to reach with them, uh, which would basically detail uh, out um, reliefs which are consistent with the debt parameters under the, the program. Uh, some progress has been made. Um, Ghana has done this part. Um, so uh, there's, there's a lot of pressure on the creditors as well to also do their part so that that comfort of MOU uh, would come out. As soon as that comes out, then we are good to go regardless of the The prior action for the first review was actually preparing a budget which is consistent with the fiscal path under the IMF program. Meanwhile, reacting to the policies in the budget, country partner at PwC, Vish Ashangbo, told Joy Business that government is in a tight corner, hence the necessary measures taken in the budget. So, uh, for us at PwC, we find that the, um, the policy and the budget is actually consistent with um, expectations in the sense that uh, obviously we have an IMF program that uh, sets out a framework and sets out some indicators that we are working towards. So really it was no surprise uh, that the 2024 budget turned out as, as it did. Yeah. Some of the stakeholders and panelists wish government could do more to provide relief for the business community. Expecting, um, like I said, a lot of um, various reliefs, especially for the private sector and obviously for individuals because times are very hard. Um, having said that, I can understand and appreciate the government also keeping it in such a way that it was sort of neutral.
Trade in the first half of 2023 shows that imports and exports were substantially higher than in the same period as in 2022. The value of both exports and imports were higher in the first half of 2023 by 24.3 billion cities for imports and 19.6 billion cities for export. Now, according to the 2023 Mid-Year Trade Report released by the Ghana Statistical Service, China and Canada are Ghana's preferred place of imports. There is more in the following Business Desk reports. According to the 2023 Media Trade Report, Ghana's trade dynamics have undergone a noteworthy transformation marked by a trade surplus of 2.4 billion cities in the first half of 2023. This is in contrast to the trade deficit of 2.3 billion cities in the same period of 2022. Despite this positive trend, Ghana's reliance on exports of gold remains conspicuous, with the precious metal accounting for over 23.1% of all exports. Cocoa products and edible fruits and nuts accounted for 80.3% of total exports, while 10 food items imported in the first half of 2023 constituted more than 50%. Professor Samuel Kobnenim is the government statistician. Our vulnerability from a food, point, from a food import point of view continues to relate with four countries and five specific commodities with wheat contributing 10.9 of our total share of food imports. Canada is the major country we are importing from. Vietnam for rice, about three quarters of the rice cereals that we are importing, relying heavily on Brazil for sugar and meat, and relying on Belgium for about a fifth of our meat imports. From a regional perspective, especially from, a tri- from an export point of view, Chair Kelly, we have not taken advantage of what should happen in the other regional blocks. Minimal is happening in the East African region, in the Central African region, and even in the South Southern African region. We are we are yet to harness the full potential of exports in these blocks of regions in the African continent. He tells Joy Business, China and Canada remains Ghana's preferred place of imports for both food and non-food items like cereals and grains products, sugar, meat, machinery, iron and steel, plastics, amongst others. From a total import point of view, we identified our reliance on China to be predominant and not predominant only in a single commodity, but a variety um, of commodities. We found the dominance of China in the area of chemical products, in the area of machinery and electrical um, equipment. So China comes up strongly as a major reliant country when it comes to imports. This gives us the concern to think about the political environment and the macroeconomic situation so that in the event where there are any disorders in China, it wouldn't affect the macroeconomy that we have. Reacting to this development, Director of ISE, Professor Peter Kotti, called for strategic policies that will enable the country to become self-sufficient. I think we should look within and also explore from the continent, especially from the sub-region, what we can import uh, within the economy. There are some commodities that we import. You know, the details are all there, quite striking. What can we do to minimize some of this? What can we do to grow more of such commodities and rather uh, consume what we grow? Otherwise, the effect on the exchange rate will continue to heighten, and that is not good for our economy. We should be independent. I think we are becoming too dependent on 
imported commodities, which doesn't work out well for us. The 2023 Media Trade Report provides a comprehensive overview of trade statistics for the first half of the year, offering valuable insights for decision makers. For Joy Business, Pios Kujubaka. And to some other stories, the chief executive of the Ghana Tourism Development Company, Koju Enchi, has pledged that government will do all it can to meet the target of 2 million air travel arrivals by 2025 to increase revenue. According to him, government has worked assiduously to improve Ghana's visibility on the continent and beyond to position the country as the preferred destination for tourist, trade and investment activities. He was speaking at the Middle East and Africa Duty Free Association. The Middle East and Africa Duty-Free Association Conference brought together representatives of airports, retailers and premium brands all over the world to encourage meaningful exchanges between industry stakeholders. Participants of the conference recognized Africa as an important market for the travel and retail industry. In an interview with Joy Business, Chief Executive of the Ghana Tourism Development Company, Kojo Entry, said, Government has improved Ghana's visibility in the world and this is expected to result in an increase in tourists arriving in the country. More importantly is that for us in the tourism industry, it creates country visibility that for the last one month, the last six months of planning of this conference, and the last few... At Jerry University, we've been empowering students to pursue their goals for over 130 years. From innovative degree programs and helpful tools to campus locations focused on creating community for international students, we can help you find your way forward. We even offer international students 25% off tuition on select degree programs. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. At least within the Matfa ecosystem, the Matfa eco zone, everybody will be talking about Ghana. We have attracted over 300 participants and delegates from across the world. In the Middle East, from within Africa itself, from Asia, from the Americas, uh, from Europe in general, all descending here in Accra to participate in a conference like this. So for us, the benefit is enormous and it's quite significant. Um, our hotels have received at least 300 guests in addition to the guests that we would have had. And that is significant for us. If averagely everybody is spending two, $300 a night and they are here averagely for three nights, uh, it gives us an idea of the kind of benefit the country is getting. As I mentioned, those who have been to our tourist sites, those who are buying local artifacts, those who are uh, eating in our restaurants and enjoying our public transportation services, Collectively, uh, we run perhaps into the millions of dollars just by attracting a conference like this. So it is not just for this conference, but it is a global strategy of the government that has been espoused by Honorable Dr. Awal severally that we want to hit a target of $5 billion and hitting a target of 2 million passenger um, inbound traffic numbers coming through our ports. Once we translate this one in the next two to three years, his target is the year 2025 to be able to hit this target of two million inbound traffic plus five billion dollars um, travel receipts. I think this is significant in contributing to the target that the Honorable Minister and His Excellency the President has set for the sector. President of the Middle East and Africa Duty Free Association, Sharif Tulan, said improved airport infrastructure is key to increasing commercial revenues. Recent venue for this conference like Oman and Bahrain show the transform transformative impact that airport infrastructure can have on commercial revenues. And we are certain that this will be the case in Abu Dhabi as well. 
Here in Africa, our industry also is reaping the benefits of investment in transport infrastructure and in tourism. That is not just in the established market like Kenya, Egypt, Seychelles and South Africa, but also in emerging markets that merit our close attention and support. I am especially excited about our industry here in West Africa. The Middle East and Africa Duty Free Association also pledged to support the growth and development of the retail industry in Ghana and Africa. Still watching Prime Business. Now, flag bearer of the NDC, John Dramani Mahama, has assured the Customs Amendment Act 2020 will be reviewed to enable the importation of salvaged vehicles. Though the implementation of the act is expended, the former president believes it will negatively have an impact on artisans and the transport business. Nanaya Ojima was at the Tichiman market, where the former president engaged with economic groupings in the area. The Building Ghana Tour is characterized by town hall meetings focused on documenting challenges of various groups. Artisans at the Techiman magazine expressed disaffection with the Customs Amendment Act. The Act, among other things, provides incentives for automobile manufacturers and assembling firms registered under the Ghana Automotive Manufacturers Program. It prohibits importation of salvaged motor vehicles and cars over 10 years of age into Ghana. But John Mahama believes the ban on salvaged cars could be limited to government agencies. Since governments purchase cars more than any individual and also have the purchasing power, they should buy from the assembling plants so that they can also make profits. Use one na airbano and yes we nyakakra eti mito. And the samra modiatoso say yen fa home use the For those who can't buy new cars, they will have to import the salvaged ones. When we return to power, we'll make sure that we make changes in the act. If we say sa use cars no a be up and kakrebi. To modernize the vehicle mechanic trade, the former president admitted the need to train artisans in modern technology for the business. He explains plans of the NDC government when it regains power. When I was vice president, we partnered with Smido at some magazine to construct a training center and equip it with all modern machinery to aid training of apprentices. Meanwhile, Mr. Mahama has insisted on the legalization of tricycle business. NDC agrees to sign. You buy a bell legalized Prajiani or Okada. Naya regulating. Business entities have been encouraged to make investments in their communities through corporate social responsibilities. This, some observers say, will complement government's effort of development. Speaking to Joy Business after Sustainability and Social Investment Awards in Accra, 
Now, the chairman of the awarding board, Professor Douglas Boatin, said companies must be recognized for making positive impacts in their host communities. Corporate social responsibility has been a major source of companies to help communities they operate in by practicing corporate social responsibility, also called corporate citizenship. Companies can be conscious of the kind of impact they are having on all aspects of society, including economic, social and environmental. This year's event rewarded companies in all sectors of the economy. Professor Douglas Boating is the chairman of the board of the Sustainability and Social Investment Awards. They were making a real impact. It was not just talk. They were following their talk with actions. And what is this is what we need in society. We have a tendency to talk a lot in our society, but we now need people that are implementers, that are actioning their talk. And this sustainability awards is basically to acknowledge those that are making an impact, not just within their small communities, but across the country and the companies that have been, been honored. Akosu Amenu is the deputy CEO of the National Youth Authority. She represented Samira Baumia as the special guest. Building a sustainable future for all serves as a poignant reminder of the pivotal role our economy plays in shaping the destiny of our nation. The theme also explores the dynamic interplay between economic growth and environmental responsibility, emphasizing the imperative of ensuring that our prosperity is intricately woven with sustainability for the benefit of all Ghanaians. As we applaud the endeavors of those being honored today, it is crucial to acknowledge the profound impact that corporations, both large and small, have on the achievement of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs. To some agriculture stories, researchers at the Soil Research Institute of the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research have commenced an upskill of agricultural technology to transform Ghana's rice production system. The following report has more. He consumes about 1.5 million metric tons of rice annually, with approximately 50% being imported. This pushes rice to become the second major staple of the country, providing incomes for smallholder farmers. With increasing demand for the staple crop, the government and researchers suggested the introduction of mineral fertilizer, but has since degraded the country's soil quality. To mitigate the negative impact of mineral fertilizer applications on the environment, scientists at the Soil Research Institute are integrating nature-based solutions for diversifying rice-based systems. Dr. Emmanuel Dugan is research scientist at the Soil Research Institute. Trying to, you know, transform our normal agri-food production system, and um, it's in West and Central Africa. And here in Ghana, we choose uh, rice because we already know that crops like maize, which is uh, a major staple food, we already have a system mixed cropping system and so on and so forth. But rice, even though now it has achieved a major staple level. You know, we, we, we usually cropped it as so, as so rice. I mean, it's only rice field. We don't mix any other crop, but we want to change the status quo. The project would test potential diversification alternatives in rice-based systems with either fish, vegetables, or legumes. 
evaluates the agronomic and economic performance of the systems. Dr. Efum Sechianan is a lead for the project. So basically, Africa Rice is providing sponsorship to the Soil Research Institute to diversify our rice systems because we've realized that rice is a key staple in our food systems in Ghana. And um, if we want to sustain its production, then we have to see how we could employ nature-based solutions in, in the rice-based system. So under this project, we are integrating rice and fish, so um, rice and tilapia on the same field. So it's not like you have a separate rice field and then a se separate fish pond. It's on the same field and then rice and catfish. And also we want to integrate rice and vegetables and rice and legumes to enhance food um, security and also nutrition security. Director of Agriculture at the Ahafano Southeast District, Martin Amwa, is upbeat about the economic prospects of the new system. He and that's it for Prime Business. I am Pius Kujubaka. Prime Sports is next with Razak Musbao. Do enjoy. Was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switched Bell Park today. It shall be given unto you a good measure, mm -hmm. pressed down, shaking together mm -hmm. and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it shall be measured unto you. Luke 6, 38. Thou shalt not beat around the bush. If it's fruit telling you want, ask, and it shall be given to you. Life is sweeter when you give from the heart. Fruitally, the all-natural fruit juice. This advert is FDA. Hey, Charlie, what number? The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. 
you and your husband. But I hope you got tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthemeter and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemists Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. segment is brought to you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. The 2023 Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is more than an exhibition. It's the gateway to your dream home. Don't miss this chance to make informed decisions about every aspect of your living space. Join us at the Accra International Conference Center from Thursday, November 23rd to Sunday, November 26th, 2023. This year, we are diving into the theme of home ownership, exploring the nuances between affordability, comfort, and luxury. We are bringing everything housing under one roof just for you. See you there. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, and powered by the Plant City Extension Project from Cities and Habitats, Rent to Own, and sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Constructions Limited, where quality meets value. Global Lighting, your solution to quality lighting. Syntex Tank, Air Strong, Air Tough, Springfield Estates, where dreams are built. Virtual Security, Complete Security Solution, DBS, your roof experts. Virtual InfoSec Africa, Security Solutions by Design. Alphabet City, the ABC of Home Sweet Home. St. Gobain Weber, Jiprock, Prorock, Placo, Isover. Making the world a better home. Clifton Homes, beautiful homes, wise investments. The Kissington Heights, Airport City, Kumasi, by HDG Homes Limited. Welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. And tonight, the Black Stars of Ghana suffered a shocking defeat against Comoros on their match day two of the 2026 uh, FIFA World Cup qualifier. Now, the uh, Kolekanth claimed all three points at home to go top of Group I, having already beaten Central African Republic in their first game. This is how it all panned out at the start, Marino. Flex face down. Here's a chance. Ado, side netting for a split second. I thought he was in the back of the net. And the defense of Comoros completely going to... That's a warning. 
talking about. And that's a terrific run by the captain in Chiang Mai. The shot comes in. First shot on target for Comoros. That's a positive. All about taking little positives from your chances. Salamani. Salamani was captain in the opening game. This is well worked. Good run by the captain. The shot coming in. Jordan Ayu. To take the free kick. Gets it over the wall. But unfortunately for him. And Garner. It's over the crossbar as well. Borhan. Goes long. It's an excellent ball. It's kept in play. The pullback. That's a superb stop. That is goal bound. Excellent play by both teams. Borhan. Now he's dispossessed. Well, I guess. Ball over the top. Well, that's a regulation time. Don't anticipate too much stoppage time. Comoros. It's a superb one. There you go. Oh, no, no! That's the goal. Oh, my God. That's the way to make it unlock. A moment of magic from Marlena. It's his second goal in as many games. Bohan starts it. Picks it up 25 metres out. Beats one. Beats two. Goes past the third. Pulls the trigger. 1-0. Thank you very much. Fantastic footwork. Only as far as Mensa. Are you? Stay that wide. Lovely teasing ball in. He said, head over the bar. Oh my word, that was a chance. In Yaki Williams. The man he scored on Friday. His first ever goal for his new country. So close to the second there. Lovely teasing ball in. It's a good deep header across the goal mouth. And he does rather snatch at it, Williams. Throwing the injury to Thomas Partick. That's a great ball. Williams. Best touch is heavy. Forced on the plate. Good cut back. Well, that's how the Black Stars lost there. But this is how Group I is looking like. That's the group the Black Stars going to find themselves in ahead of in qualifying for the 2026 World Cup. Uh, Comoros are top of that group. They've won two games, uh, uh, two out of the two games they've played. Six points, they've got their Mali. Uh, they've won one and drawn one. They've got four points in second place. And in third place is Madagascar. And you can see, because they won their games, three goals to nail, uh, to one against Shard, and they've jumped ahead of Ghana. So that's how it looks like in Group I. And uh, based on the regulations, you just need to top your group and qualify for the tournament in 2026. So Comoros, six points. Mali, four points. Madagascar, three points. Ghana, three points. Central African Republic, one point. And Shard uh, having zero points there. So that's the first round of games in the World Cup qualifiers. And the next time they're going to be in action is next year in June. That's when the Black Stars will return to action uh, for the qualifiers, uh, qualifiers for the 2026 World Cup there. Well, uh, my colleague Fifi Manfred did morning to the game. And Fifi joins me via uh, Zoom now for some quick thoughts on the performance of the Black Stars. Fifi. 
it was, um, I mean, to say, it, it, there wasn't much difference between the game on Friday and today's game. Possibly, the only difference is the fact that on Friday they won, late win, and um, today they failed to win. But in terms of overall performance, to be fair, it's nothing to write home about, isn't it? I think that has been, um, and this has been a kind of performance we've seen under Chris Hughes and since he took over, since he took over the Black Stars. This is his official first loss in a competitive game mm-hmm. after he had drawn twice, won three. But then what, is, um, um, what cuts across in all of these performances is the fact that in all of these games that he has played in, as, he has been there as manager, mm-hmm. all of them he fails to score a goal or even register a shot on target in the first half. Mm-hmm. That's damning statistics. Mm-hmm. All of the competitive games that we played away from home in the first half, we failed to register a shot on target. We've played in games at the Barbaras Stadium. We've played away, like in the Comoros Islands today. Mm-hmm. In all of these games, we failed to register a shot on target in the first half. Mm-hmm. And you remember, Musba. Uh, yeah. You remember, it was myself and our colleague, Daniel Cranton, on the eve of um, Chris Hutton being appointed Black Stars manager. You asked us what we expected from you. And both of us, both of us they tell you that you should not expect free-flowing attacking football from Chris Hutton. That mm-hmm. is not his bread and butter. That is not what he does for a living. He is conservative. He is predictable. <laughs> he is somebody that is overly careful and cautious when he doesn't have to be, especially mm-hmm. international games where... The variance, the variance is very high, and that you don't necessarily have to play conservative even when you are playing. You have the quality. Mm. And I am sad because it's, it's a result that has been repetitive, not mm. just in this game against Comoros and the last one we played here in Kumasi mm. versus our Malagasy brothers. It is a game model, the game shape, the game title we've seen under Chris Hitzen since he has been appointed as Black Stars manager. Mm. Interesting, very interesting, strong words there. But Fifi, that we're just taking a look at the group at the moment. Uh, each team has 10 games to play. 10 games. Already we are... Uh, so remaining is eight games. Eight games are left for, you know, uh, one team to qualify for the 2026 World Cup. So eight games remaining. But then you look at how we have started. The question is, is this good enough? What needs to change, if any? There are talks about a, possibly, uh, a possible, uh, you know, Kisitan. Uh, you know, no longer being the hem, uh, the hem of affairs. It looks like it might be the situation after the AFCON. But in terms of what we need to do to be able to qualify for that walk-up, what do you think needs to change? An overhaul of the team? An overhaul of the technical team? What do you think needs to change for the Black Stars? Even ahead of the walk uh, the AFCON next year. Well, Musbao, um, it's a simple if it's about what we need to do, then we need to win games. But even just before that, Musbao, we will have to have the conversation. The rumors about Chris Hutton possibly getting the sack before these games. We heard, finally, that the GFE failed to make a business case out of a possible sack for Chris Hutton. And he was given a two-month ultimatum. The two-month ultimatum, however, was the match against Madagascar and this one against the Comoro Islands. Mm. He has won one, he has lost one. Now, the bigger question, actually, is that can they make a proper case for a sack? But however, in perspective, we've sat, if we sat Chris Hutton, it means that in the last four years under the current GFA administration, we've had four different managers. What does that speak of our 
um, recruiting ability as a football association, as a ministry of sport, as a footballing nation, quote unquote. There's a lot more. And that's why personally I have consistently said that it goes beyond just the hiring and firing of managers. That is just preparing over the cracks. Mm. There's a lot more that we need to do. What is our squad planning methodology like? Mm. Today, before the game, we heard that Mohamed Kudus was injured. Yeah. What is the plan if Mohamed Kudus gets injured? We are going into the afternoon. Thomas Tearparty is going to get injured, possibly maybe injured, excuse me. But what is our plan if Thomas Tearparty gets injured? I don't think he should be injured. But what is the plan? But he, he is, goalkeepers are getting I mean, uh, Fivi, not to cut it, Thomas Partey is injured and most likely going to miss the Afcon. So that's, that's, a, you know, uh, that's a matter of fact, yeah. Exactly. We, we, there's a possibility that as these players are there, two of our most important centre-backs are injured. Mm. What is our plan? Abdul Mumin did mention that he wants to stay away from the Black Stars because he's now getting minutes at Real Valladolid. Have we given reasons to join us? Salisu is injured. Jiku got injured. Amati has reported injured. What is our plan with respect to squad planning? And again, it goes back to the manager. His shooting can't be going to be playing at Bamako. You can't go away to Chad. You can't go away to Madagascar and then go and sit in a low block, in a mid block against teams that do not have the quality that we possess. You see, being conservative and even careful in international games mm. isn't just about playing mid block or low block. Sometimes you need to own the game. We mm. went away to go and play Madagascar under um, the last coach that we had in Otuado. Otuado played two number eight in Kudus Mohammed and Andre De Deayu. In that game, we beat Madagascar. The same Madagascar that we, we, we suffered to, to beat the last time here at Barbaras Postedon. I'm not saying that O2 is exceptionally better and he did well, but I'm saying that it's the approach to games sometimes. Mm. And especially in this game against Comoro Islands, we mm. sat down, we gave them the, 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 the opportunity, the time and the space to hurt us. Mm. You play in games like this, and you don't want your opponent to sniff your, your goal area. Mm. You are constantly in their faces. You press and counter-press them very high. If mm. we did that, no, no single one player would have been able to carry the ball from deep in their area into our area and get space enough to shoot at our goal. Mm. That's just something that we are not doing good enough. And mm. in, in the perspective of the statistic that we churn out, of mm. every away game that we play, competitive games, and the fact that we cannot even register one shot on target, it is the game model, it is the approach, and we can't look beyond Chris Hutton. But then whilst we can't look beyond Christian now, it is time also for us to plan for the future with respect to how we approach our coaches. What's the general Ghanaian game model? Or else 2026 will come and then we'll say, oh, we just weren't able to qualify and whatnot. Well, Fifi, we've been monitoring uh, you know, the social media platform just to get a sense of what Ghanaians have been making of the Black Stars' performance in these two games. And we've got some comment to share with our viewers. And um, so we were on X just to get a sense of the public reaction, sentiment towards the game. So let's uh, take a look at some of the comments that, um, you know, people shared following the Black Stars game. Uh, they're going to be on the screen very shortly. But Fifi, um, while we wait for those comments, though, um, it, it's just interesting, though, you, you, you made a point about how we considered that goal. It's absolutely disappointing. Just disappointing how it was so easy for the player to have picked the ball, make those runs, and nobody stopping him in his track. Baba Idrisi at the point looked like he was trying to impede him, to restrain him a bit, but it didn't work out. Even Dennis Odoi was in a mix. And the aftermath of that goal, you could see Richard Ofori, the goalkeeper, just asking questions. Why were you all asleep? You know, why were you all asleep? It was very poor in terms of how we considered that goal. Yes, very, very poor. 
very poor, not um, even just because of how we considered that goal, but the time we considered that goal. The time we considered that goal. Those are parts of the game where we're beginning to string some very good passes together. We're beginning to get our asses together in that game. We're beginning to create some quality chances in that game. But then again, we play only good or try to play good in the second half. Our first staff consistently and accuracy has been lackluster and then dropped. There is nothing to write home about. You look at games like this, and these are games that you need to win in your bid to qualify for the World Cup. Are you saying they are going to go away to Bamako and then beat them by two goals to zero? I mean, Mali, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, the Malians are going to come here with the kind of talents that they have, with the physicality, how good they are, even away from home. They may smell blood and fancy that they can pitch their own against the Black Stars, even though we will play at the Babaya Sports Stadium. So these are games that we ought to be winning. These are games that we don't need to even be joined. We need to go with our full-fledged squad, with our best squad, and get a job done. And it is, we, we don't get it now because, one, we fail to properly have a proper Ghanaian game model to suit our kind of players. And also, in terms of squad planning and squad recruiting, for the long term, we always fail to do what we are supposed to do. So Kudus gets hurt and there is nobody to replace him in attacking number eight. Um, we say that, okay, fine, um, Kudus is hurt. Let's go and play Andre, Andre Dede Ayu, who, um, who isn't there in terms, of, in terms of physical match sharpness and what's not with respect to the season. And on all of that, these are things that we are fail to do. And, and, and it's at the doorstep of the Ministry of Sports. It's at the doorstep of the GFA. It's at the doorstep of every football stakeholder in this country. And it's time to sit up and get things done right. Because the sad bit is that, for some reason, we are beginning to get accustomed and calm about the kind of results that we are straining up. Because we are getting used to it. We've lost to Madagascar. We've lost to Comoros. We've lost to some of the um, 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 not-so-good sides on the African continent. Yes, the rhetoric is that everybody now learns how to play the game of football. But then we have quality. There is no way the Malagasis have better quality than we do. So why are we not being able to build a team to get a job done? These are questions that football stakeholders need to answer going forward. Yeah, so uh, let me just uh, go back to those comments that uh, you know, we're talking about, that uh, just sense of how the Ghanaian public have been reacting to the performance of the Black Stars. And uh, you're still seeing the group standings, and at the moment... So just, uh, just look at some of those comments there. Uh, I said today's crusading tactics was clear. Uh, come and play if you didn't play last game. Uh, interesting. Uh, some interesting comments there. And that's from Isel the guy. Let's have some more of those comments uh, on the screen now. Uh, so he said, the black stars, uh, they, we all go play some. Who no go fit play this ball? Shakai. So it, it does appear that people are not particularly impressed with the football that they saw today. Let's have maybe two more comments, and um, we'll just take a look at others. He said, uh, bro, them do like five crosses in two minutes. One of them said, don't be accurate, and uh, have black stars. So, and uh, this final one, crossing self, not if you cross, but I know say Ghana black stars, shall, but there's a new discovery. Hey, never seen a Ghana team at this level before. So, uh, Fifi, clearly, uh, the sentiment among most Ghanaians is that it was a very poor performance. But let's see how the other groups are looking like because almost all African countries were involved in this round of qualifiers. So let's start from um, Group B. Okay, I was hoping we could get Group A first. Yeah, so it was now. So that's Group A. And Egypt already, they've started very well. Six, uh, you can see six points. They've picked two wins out of the two games. Burkina Faso... Uh, 1-1, drawn 1-4 points, Guinea-Bissau. So it's looking a very, very interesting, uh, you know, turn of events in Group A. In Group B, 
also very interesting. Senegal won one, drawn one. And interestingly, it's Kosia Piet, Sudan, who are also in the mix with four points after two games, won one and drawn one. DR Congo is in the mix also. Togo is in there. And Mauritania and South Sudan also all having points. Now, uh, Group C, just look at it. Rwanda, South Africa, Nigeria, Lesotho, Zimbabwe, Benin. In a group where South Africa and Nigeria find themselves in, it's Rwanda who are top of the group with four points. Four points. That is impressive for Rwanda. But it's eight more games to go and anything can happen. Now, look at the next group there. Group D, Cameroon, Cape Verde. And Libya, all on four points. That's how competitive that group has looked like so far. And Group E, uh, Niger, three points. Morocco, three points. Tanzania, three points. And Zambia with three points. Fascinating stuff in that group also. And uh, in the next group, you can see Ivory Coast, six points straight. And Gabon, six points. Interesting. Loving this group already. Kenya, three points. Burundi, three points. And Gambia, uh, and Seychelles uh, yet to pick any point from uh, their group there. But then in the, uh, so that's group F. I'm sure group G is going to come very shortly. Uh, uh, we're going to have the next group or uh, that, that should be it. But Fifi, though, I mean, outside of the Ghana group, Algeria, you can see six points, Botswana three points, Guinea three points. But Fifi overall, in terms of the performance of the teams on the continent in this qualifiers, some teams have already taken the lead. Tunisia, Equatorial Guinea, Algeria. They are showing clear intent that they want to qualify for next World Cup. And, and, and Muzwa, you look at all of these teams that are showing clear intent that they want to qualify for the World Cup, you can see something cuts across them mm. with the Egyptians, with the Tunisians, with the Algerians, with the Ivorians. These are teams that have had proper squad building. Mm. You go back into the Ivorian team, they've had one manager since the last Afcon who have been building the squad. You go back into their team, you look at players like Eva Indica, Osman Diomonde. Um, you look at Frank Yannick Kessler. These players have a mix of experience and young, young, youthful exuberance from mm. guys like um, um, Osman Diamonde. Now you go to the Egyptian national team, mm. not necessarily the flamboyant Egyptian team that we've seen in the past, mm. but it really has somebody that pushes them on, and that's Mohamed Salah. Mm. Even in away games, they have a particular plan. Let's use our base to be very solid in our way games, mm. but let's use Mohamed Saleh's pace to get in behind and get the goals in there. Mm. Um, Jamal Belmadi in a slight disappointment, and his Algerian team are put together a very good team and are trying to get a job done for the, for the Algerians in there. So these are teams that are getting their things right, not just the names, but yeah. it's about structure, it's about planning, mm. and they seem to be going on the right direction. Seems to be going in the right direction. Fifi, thank you very much. And just some updates in the Ghana Premier League, Accra for one today against Accra Lions. Two goals to one, the first game for uh, interim coach Bashi uh, winning the game there. That's all we have for you on Prime Sport with me, Razak Musbao. We'll be back sometime tomorrow. Have a lovely evening. Sports segments.